Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of EO Fire and welcome to Master Leadership. Great leaders ask great questions and this podcast takes you on a journey to master leadership with questions that matter to leaders who matter with your host, Lily Sinabria. Hi, this is Lily, and welcome to Master Leadership Through Crisis series, where we will connect with leaders worldwide to gain insights on important questions to help us navigate through rough waters. If you would like to participate as a guest, or if you have a question that you would like to ask a guest, go to masterleadership.org for more information. Jennifer Thornton has developed her expertise in talent strategy and leadership development over her exciting 20-plus year career as an HR professional. She's led international teams across Greater China, Mexico, the UK, and the US to expand into new markets, managing brands, and franchise businesses. Today, she owns her own company. 304 Coaching, and leads an incredible team of individuals who are passionate about helping organizations build strong teams who can lead effectively in the 21st century. Jen believes building a high-performance team always boils down to two things, adopting a perfect fit hiring process and developing each hire according to his or her own individual and job-specific talent gaps. Our interview will begin right after messages from our sponsors. Are you looking for a way to promote racial and social justice in your work setting, but aren't quite sure what to do or how? As a leader, you know there is more that can be done, but it seems overwhelming. If that describes you, join Dr. Jean Ladding and her expert team in the Pathfinders Membership Program. They provide you with knowledge and skills in a supportive community on how to champion change using work that is grounded in research. To learn more, go to leadingconsciously.com forward slash pathfinders or email info at leadingconsciously.com. Welcome, Jennifer Thornton. How are you? I'm good. How are you today? Great. We're so happy to have you on our podcast. Are you ready to pour into our listeners? Absolutely. Fantastic. Now, Jennifer, tell us a bit about your path to leadership and what you're doing now. So, you know, my path to leadership started at a really young age and my entire corporate career was in the retail industry and I started leading very small teams, small leadership roles in high school, actually. And, you know, it was a different time and a different era. And, you know, I was able to take on some responsibilities. And then, you know, I worked in operations on the front line and, you know, running retail stores. And what most people don't get is when you're running a retail store, you're running a multi-million dollar business and you're making hiring decisions and you're coaching and you're developing and you wake up to your KPIs every single morning. And so, you know, that's where I started. And 
you know, worked my way up through retail, through different operational positions, you know, progressing. And then I really learned that I got my results from people and from talent. And I wasn't a natural competitive person. You know, I didn't wake up and want to beat people to beat them. I wanted to create amazing teams. And that led me into HR, where I spent the second half of my career in HR and really thinking about HR in a different way from a strategic deployment um, and really thinking about people as our biggest assets and how do we achieve our goals through our team. So that's how I kind of went through my corporate career. And then today I get to do what I love every day. Several years ago, I started my own business. And what we do is we help organizations with their talent strategy. We look at, you know, what are their business objectives? What is your business plan? And then how do you think about your talent as an, also a piece of your business plan so that all of your objectives come, you know, to fruition and all your dreams come true with in your business. And you're at 304coaching.com? Correct. So tell us about that. What kind of services do you provide? Yeah. So at 304 Coaching, what we do is we create talent strategies and we look at different pieces of that. And so one of the first things we do is we help organizations get crystal clear on who they need to hire because that's where it starts. If we're not hiring the right people for the right positions at the right time, then all the stuff you do downstream doesn't have as positive as effect. And so we do help with org design, thinking about who to hire. And then we also use an assessment, the OAD assessment, Organization Analyst in Design. And this is a pre-employment assessment, an ability to make sure we get not only the right skills and experience and culture, but we're also matching our natural traits to the traits needed for the job, whether that be detail or innovative approach or emotional connection towards decisions. There's a lot of pieces that we have to think about our natural traits. Then we spend a lot of time helping people understand development tracks. So we have leadership academies. Um, we do executive and individual and team coaching. But really, it's about creating a culture of strategic talent management. And we have several pieces that we bring in to help that come to life. You went from retail to really working with people, really connecting with people. What caused that shift? Like, how did that turn on for you? Yeah. You know, you remember those like really clarity moments in your life that something happens. You can remember the smell in the room and all that. Right. So I got a phone call several years ago from our chief HR officer when I was still in corporate America. And he said, Hey, you want to move to Hong Kong for a couple of months and work on a project? And I was like, well, what am I going to do when I get there? And he's like, you know what? I actually don't know. And I'm like, sure. And so I packed my bags from Texas and off to Hong Kong. I went um, for a project. And it really opened up so many doors for me and allowed me to open my mind in a whole new way. And that's really where I started understanding really that strategic deployment and how do we look at teams to make things come together? You know, I did that for several years. I led an international HR team. And then towards the end, I was really seeing the benefit of understanding how executives work together, you know, hurting a bunch of executives to get them on the same page is tough enough. But when you add in language differences and time zone differences and cultural differences, I mean, it was interesting to get everyone aligned and focused. And so I just fell in love with the ability to get executive groups on the same page because then everyone's life underneath them got better. Everyone felt better about the job they did. They had so much purpose and they went home and treated their family better and it just made the world a better place and fast forward another you know five years later there was this moment where I was like 
it's time. You know, there were some cultural shifts and I knew it was time for me to go out on my own. And funny enough, I made that decision in Hong Kong and <laughs> just now thought of that. Now that I think about it, that must've been a good place for me, but I made the decision, you know what, this is what I want to do all day, every day. And the only way to do it is to go out on my own. And so mm -hmm. I did. And you know, as my guests talk about their journey. I write down some things that just jump out at me about your leadership style or who you are. I could be wrong, but I don't think I'm wrong here where I say that you're a risk taker. You're certainly a strategic problem solver. You like kind of creating projects out of maybe chaos, <laughs> which will lead us into our next question. But also one of the things that I love is that you value others, which says to me that you listen deeply to the needs, which is why you are really good at what you do. So thank you so much for sharing that with us. Now, Jennifer, at the time of this interview, um, we've certainly gone through a crisis and, you know, I'm not sure if we're at the tail end, but what quotes or advice or practice has helped you most? I love that you asked that question because I know there's so many different ways to look at our current situation. And when this started at the beginning of 2020, there was some articles popping up that really resonated with me. And one of the things, a theme that I was finding was it talked about individuals and organizations going into a tough business climate. They all said, if you go in strong, you actually come out stronger. And if you go in struggling, there's a good chance you'll struggle long-term. And I thought, wow, what does that really mean? Is it really that defining? And it really hung with me. And, you know, I'll admit the first couple of weeks, I was a little shell-shocked and, you know, worried about my future and my organization and my clients. And then I remembered what I do best, and that is, what can I do? And I really switched to what can I do? Because it's really easy for us to talk about what we can't, because it's, you know, it's taking the blame and it's giving it to someone else. And so after that first kind of shell-shock and really thinking about how do I get stronger during this time period? How do I take this as a learning. Because if I can get stronger right now, I can do something. I can help people. I can help my clients. And so that became my mantra this year is what can I do? And every time someone says, I can't do this or can't do that, I just switch the question. What can you do? What can I do? That's a simple question. And yet it's so profound. That is something that we need to be asking. We don't know for how long. Still, even after crisis, it's still something we can ask. Hey, leaders, stay tuned for the rest of the interview following this brief message. If you want to make money and change lives by selling your knowledge online, do not launch an online course. Only 6% of those are ever completed. Create instead your own branded app and launch the ultimate learning experience that sells. Passion.io is a drag and drop platform where you create interactive content to sell using your own branded app. Forget any tech hassles. You deserve a platform that makes it easy. You can move your existing clients, you can reach new clients, or you can even swap your online course for something that actually works. Delight clients with downloadable and even live content. You can trigger instant action using push notifications, generate more revenue with single touch payment, and you can stream across all devices. Best yet, try it for free for 14 days. Go to masterleadership.org forward slash passion and get started today. 
Did you know there's an island in the Mediterranean where the cost of living is a fraction of where you live now? Where the property value is one-third of any other Mediterranean country? Where you can swim in the cleanest waters in Europe? Where you can enjoy 300 days of sunshine, eat organic food, live in one of the safest countries in the world while being surrounded by breathtaking sea and mountain views? Welcome to North Cyprus. The amazing quality of life on the island of Cyprus has been known for many centuries. Many come to Cyprus today to invest in a booming property market. Wynn Campus is a unique concept where growth-minded individuals come together to focus on optimal health, collaboration, business growth, and building a lifelong community like you've never experienced before. To learn more, go to MasterYourTravel.com and learn about investing in a place where you come alive. Jennifer, as a lifelong learner, what are you learning right now? Uh, and I call myself a lifelong learner. It's interesting. I never enjoy traditional education, but you know, if there's a certification program, I'm such a junkie and <laughs> you know, I'm always trying to learn what's up and coming right now. What I'm setting is executive team coaching. And it's really interesting because for a lot of years, we've talked a lot about individual coaching and really helping each executive. But what we're finding is that is good and we should do that but then someone's really working on themselves, but then they go back into the team and it's really hard for them to find their new way because the team isn't changing, only they are changing. Mm -hmm. So right now I'm looking at how do you think about a collective executive team and how do you coach them as a group? So as a group, they're growing and then that helps each individual grow uniquely inside of that growth. And it's just a really different way to think about growth at that executive level. And, you know, it's been interesting to mm -hmm. kind of think about that. You also mentioned traditional schooling, <laughs> which most of our audience, well, it started off where this was geared towards educational leadership because that's my space but i've expanded and we've grown so tremendously because we get to hear from leaders in different disciplines and different professions can you think of something you can share with educators we're in a space where we've never been before and so from your perspective is there anything you'd like to share or any downloads that you're getting as you think about education when I think about education, you know, educators have such a difficult job on a good day. And then we add COVID-19 to that. I think it's about really slowing down and taking the time to understand your learners because they all are so unique. And when I look back to my educational experiences, where I grew is when my educator valued me as an individual and didn't include me with the masses. And I know that's a tall order. But even if, you know, you can spend a couple of minutes just with every student and really think, how can I connect with them? It's going to engage them. And as that learner engages, you know, all boats rise with the tide. And every additional learner that gets engaged, your job, I hope, gets easier and more purposeful and a lot more fun. And you are reignited because of what I'm seeing, too. Even though things are hard, there are some teachers that are reigniting that passion that they have, that love for teaching. It's an interesting time. It certainly has shifted education in a way that we've never even saw coming. Thank you so much for that. Now, Jennifer, when you think of leadership today, what most concerns you and what are you most hopeful about? 
a trend that I'm currently seeing that's coming up in the last few months that I'm really concerned with is leaders crisis managing outside of a crisis. And so obviously there was a lot of crisis management done in early 2020. You know, we don't know which ways up. Do we do this today, that today? And so there was a lot of crisis management, which is here's what we're going to do, right or wrong. Let's all get on board. It's very scripted and forceful, and there's not a lot of team collaboration. It's crisis management. If the building's on fire, we all have to leave the building type of management. But what I'm finding is we're getting into the habit of crisis managing, even on the days there's not a crisis because we had to crisis manage so much in early 2020. And so what I'm finding is now people are not taking the time to lead in a way that feels good for them because they're in this really bad habit of crisis management. And that concerns me. Let's park here a little bit. When you think of leadership in that situation, what's one of the things that they could do to get out of that situation? Yeah. And so I think that when you're leading and you've been crisis management, if you're a leader, you've been crisis managing this year, let's get honest. Right. And so if that's been you, you know, every day when you wake up, kind of stop and pause yourself and say, you know, what are my values as a leader? How do I want others to describe me as a leader? And how do I back into that today? If I want someone to describe me a certain way, then that means you have to be that. Mm-hmm. And I think right now, um, just pausing, you know, when we can, and I know it's busy and I know it's difficult, but taking even five minutes a morning and pausing and reminding ourselves who we are, what kind of leader we want to be and asking ourselves, what can we do today to be that leader? I think that will help to start breaking some of these habits because, you know, we did have to crisis mm-hmm. manage and it's actually an efficient way of managing. Just do what I tell you. Cause I'm telling you to do it. Now mm-hmm. it's not efficient in the good long term, but in the moment it is. And so we also have to get really comfortable being open to sharing more of our time with our teams, open to having more conversations with our teams, giving our teams more experience and education through experiences, and just really spending that time asking ourselves, what can we do today to be the leader we want to be? And how important is having a coach during that time? I think it's so important. You know, the executives I work with this year, one I'm thinking of in particular, we actually started in January. No idea what she would go through as an executive in her very large company this year. And having a space where without judgment, she could say how she felt, what she was mad about, her different ideas, like, you know, could I do this or could I do that? but it gave her a space to slow down and to really think things out without any consequences, right? Mm -hmm. And coaching, it's about sharing those things and just getting it out and working through it verbally. And, you know, thank goodness, but yeah, it's been interesting, the coaching this year, but what we're finding is it's a lot of the same topics, you know, it's about as an executive, what do you attach success to? How do you define results? How do you look at the company versus just your team? So it's the baseline, some of the same conversations, but the topic around it is just different. Mm -hmm. And, And, you know, Jennifer, I have a coach and it's so helpful as a professional. I want to coach people in the best way, but there are times that I need my coaching as well because I may not be processing things in the way that I should, but to have a coach to speak into your life and to have an inner circle is supremely important for leadership. We magnify who we are in leadership. And so that's important to sit with. So thank you so much for that. 
Now, you can either respond to a question from a former guest, or you can share a struggle, a challenge, a failure that you learned from. I'm going to share a failure or a struggle. I mean, because if we don't share them, how do we embrace them and learn about ourselves? That's right. And I think one of the things, and my coach helped me with this tremendously, is really working on a scarcity mindset. And when I think about when I launched my business, because, hey, launching a business, you're scared. You're watching the budget. You're watching every penny. Like, come on. It's like built for scarcity mindset. And I really entered into my business with a scarcity mindset. And I was very fortunate that I came across a coach that I really connected with about six months into building my business, who I worked with for years. We had weekly sessions for years. And now we don't meet weekly, but we still talk and meet. But he taught me not to be in a scarcity mindset because because then I'd be pushing things away. And I struggled with that. And I'm so thankful that he acknowledged that in me early on, because when COVID hit, if I had stayed in the scarcity mindset, I couldn't have been thinking, what could I do? I'd be thinking, uh-oh, what do I not have? And so it was a big struggle for me to overcome was a scarcity mindset, but I'm so grateful for my coach and his acknowledgement of it. That's big. That can absolutely relate to the scarcity mindset. Now, what's one thing that you do to maintain that? Because it comes back, right? How do you manage daily to not have a scarcity mindset? So I know my triggers in my mind. We all have that. That first like inkling of your brain says to you, oh, I don't know about that. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. That's it. Why are you here? <laughs> stop it. And so stop it. Go away. Um, and so I know I'm really clear on what my brain starts to say when my unconscious goes into scarcity. And so I know their language. I know those thoughts. And so I listen for them and I've made friends with them and not tried to hide it. And I think that was a big deal too. understanding that that scarcity mindset had its value at a time and place for me. And instead of trying to hide it, I get really honest with it and I talk about it and I talk about what my natural triggers are. And I think that really helps me because again, I made friends with it. It's something that I carry. It's part of me. But if I hated that part of me, or if I try to push it away, then, you know, it's like holding a big ball underwater. Eventually mm -hmm. it comes out and smacks you in the face and that's not fun. <laughs> those triggers, they come up, but having a coach, having an inner circle, doing those daily practices to create something different is so, so important. Now, as a listener of this podcast, what is a question that you would like a future leadership guest to respond to? The question that I would like someone to respond to is, as a leader, when you think about your actions, how does that not impact only the workplace, but how does that impact the world in which is around the workplace? So, you know, how we treat our employees affects how they go home and treat their family and then how that family is going to feel at the end of the day. And so really asking listeners to think about, or a future guest is how do you think about your impact of your leadership outside of the workplace? That's such a smart question. I love it. All right. So is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? I think, you know, what I'd like to share is that you're listening. So you're obviously interested in going out and creating a better life for yourself and for others. You wouldn't be listening today mm -hmm. and just continue to ask yourself when things get tough, what can I do? And it can be as simple as I can make myself a cup of tea and breathe. And some days 
that is fantastic. Other days you might find a way to move a mountain, but just, you know, take the time when you're feeling not quite right to just say, Hey, what can I do? Now, one more time, tell us how we can connect with you. Yeah. So you can connect with me on my website at 304coaching.com or I'd love to connect with you on LinkedIn and continue the conversation. And you can find me at Jen Thornton, ACC. Jennifer, thank you so much for adding value to me and to our listeners. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Have a great day. Thank you. In closing, here's a quick message. Coaching is the art of influence that underpins leadership in the 21st century. It is the very thing that can get you from being stuck to being extraordinary. So go to masterleadership.org and sign up to get a free coaching session. Until next time, continue to ignite that leader in you.